Hello and welcome to the Working Tools Masonic Podcast, where today we will be discussing the recent current events in the Grand Lodge of Washington with the Grand Master, Charles Wood. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our opinions and thoughts are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions, either here on YouTube or on our Facebook page. We'd also appreciate a thumbs up and especially any comments on our videos. Tools Masonic Podcast. I'm Matt Apple and David Colbeth and I are your usual hosts from down here in the Grand Lodge of Washington and we have with us Worshipful Brother Stephen Chung from up in British Columbia and today we have a most special guest. We have Most Worshipful Brother Charles Wood, the Grand Master of the Most Worshipful Grand Lodge of Washington. Welcome Most Worshipful Sir. Welcome, thank you. So as I said we're, we'll be discussing sort of the, the current events if you will within the Grand Lodge of Washington. Um, I know just a, a couple of days ago you wrote a letter or put out a letter about um, events and, and when they'll be happening and when they won't be happening. And I guess, is there, is there a message you have about that or something you'd like to say there? Well, the uh, decision was in two parts. A week ago, we put out the um, first restriction taking us down through the end of March. And that seemed to be pretty good. But as um, things have transpired over the last week, not only at the state level, but at the federal level, um, we were watching you know, what was going on and what the different uh, agencies were um, asking us to do as you know, citizens and so on. And I'm very fortunate. I have a really great team of individuals. We have a man, a uh, senior warden, who is a uh, uh, lobbyist. So he stays in pretty good close touch with the, what goes on with the government. And then we got Chris, who's a lawyer, and we have Clint. And, um, and we have um, our, uh, my brother, Ed Woods. So we all get together and we've been doing this. Uh, yes, he is my brother. <laughs> Even though our names are not spelt the same, but sound the same. Masonic, anyway, Masonic uh, brother, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been getting together about twice a week uh, using uh, Zoom and so on and trying to see where we want to take the fraternity, how we can protect the uh, Masonic family as a whole. And that is our first number one priority. We don't want to lose anybody. We don't want to have things going on that will put people at risk, uh, you know, transmitting the disease, because there's no guarantee that everybody will be disease free. And um, we wouldn't want to have somebody have a public event where other people could come, because we looked at it from a legal standpoint and liability. If uh, somebody, you know, somebody held an open event and came and got sick, what would be the possibility of them suing us because we didn't take appropriate action to prevent someone and, and protect them. We could probably win it, but the publicity would be horrible. If the, uh, you know, the, the public found out about it and the newspaper found out about it and so on, we just didn't want to take that risk of, uh, 
you know, bad publicity harming the fraternity as a whole. And, you know, we looked at it broad, overall wise, not only from a, how to protect the fraternity from each other, or, you know, keep, keep the family safe, but how to keep us safe from a lawsuit if something did go south. All That's those considerations. You're pretty overwhelmed on on the XCOM team with having two two uh, attorneys, uh, retiring <laughs> yeah. attorneys, and uh, or, or as as Clint Clint Brown is our grand secretary, who we've had on the show before, a great yeah. great man, and he he c- yep. considers himself a re- uh, recovering attorney. <laughs> yep. And uh, so, but great great counsel on that XCOM team. Yeah. And the other thing is too, we have some good people that are um, on the, on the finance committee, and also because um, there are a couple of district deputies that are in investments, but also into legal when it comes to insurance. And that's when it came to my attention from an insurance standpoint, what would be the libel if somebody came to one of our functions, you know, as a non-Mason, got sick, and then said, hey, you didn't take necessary precautions as outlined up in King County and Snohomish by their health department, which are pretty stringent. And in most cases, I don't think we could meet them the one thing they said is that uh, those who are putting it on have to have been tested to make sure they are free of the virus. And how many of the, the leaders have actually of our different organizations have went in and got a test. I mean, you have to have symptoms from what I understand before they'll actually test you. Anyway, it just wasn't worth the risk to, to lose anybody and have any of our great family get sick. And that was my number one priority. I guess I, I skipped over the the important part of the the, the <laughs> intro here that the the letter that was sent out um, just to clarify to our brothers up in BC and Yukon and elsewhere who who may not be following the the polity of uh, Washington Freemasonry the uh, the letter prohibits uh, in person meetings for Masons uh, until the current one until May first and it also uh, there are some provisions in there for. One of which, at least, I'm grateful for to uh, for the lodges to pay bills and stuff because uh, yep. our lodge had a couple of bills come due, and things like that. And we can do yep. not in-person meetings like this electronically, but there's a we're not supposed to be meeting face to face and shaking hands for the for the time being. Yep, and that was all in the uh, last one that went out yesterday, and we figured uh, you know the sooner we get it out, if any brothers had anything scheduled for the weekend, at least they had more than a one day <laughs> notice to cancel it, and they yep. could stop it. I, I canceled um, last weekend. I had three district deputy, three district meetings scheduled, one on a Friday, one Saturday morning, one Saturday afternoon, but I canceled them on Thursday. And so they were able, able to get with their, uh, two of them got with their caterers and stopped the catering. And they were able to, you know, walk away without having to be penalized. Oh, and, that's good. Um, you know, on this this show, we'll probably get the show out early, probably not late Friday night, but early Saturday morning, so the guys can listen. People will yep. around will listen to it, and so it's uh, it's pretty timely. We we were going to record this on Wednesday, and when you called yep. and said that we weren't going to have it, I said, "Oh, there must be something big happening." And of course, that's when the letter came out. So it was that's right, was timely. We right. Um, we got together Wednesday night and kicked this thing around in depth. It was about a one hour session, and um, everybody gets feed in. Everybody gets to bring a point and when it's all said and done it's a team effort and everybody is included in it so if anybody gets asked of the team we all have the same story and we've come to the same decision as a team and not just somebody mandating that's the way we're going to do it is that well, way that's you good. get buy-in 
Yeah, and and really, um, you know, it was an example that needed to be set or or a line that needed to be drawn and put out there. Yeah. Um, and uh, our Grand Master here in British Columbia had put out a letter on the tenth, advising us to use our own best judgment and uh, that he would uh, waive any dispensation requirements, sure. to not have regular meetings, and and so on, and pretty much that effectively started a snowball effect of lodges uh, announcing that they were going dark. Um, and I guess the other day he put out another one stating that he canceled all Grandmaster activities and uh, uh, any other Masonic activities in our jurisdiction. Uh, a day before he did that, Scottish Rite came down and uh, did the same thing, no Scottish Rite activities in Canada. And um, I think, you know, that was a smart move. We had um, a, a big social event planned for tonight, actually. And um, uh, it was our, our, our big whiskey tasting night. And a lot of guys didn't want to cancel it. And there was only 30 tickets sold. And, you know, it was getting down to the wire. And, you know, the government made the decision for us when we couldn't have more than 10. Um, but uh, I tell you, you know, those guys were, those guys were uh, hell bent on having it go. Um, uh, you know, so, yeah. young and you invincible, everybody, right? Everybody young just gets, invincible. just get on to zoom and everybody could have their shot and it'd be all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had some really good education lined up for that. Two of our brothers in the, in our district are uh, uh, distillers. And uh, so it was going to be quite the education <laughs> night, um, but that's okay. After I made the decision a week ago, Thursday night, Friday morning, I had a call from the most virtual grandmaster, uh, Ron Eggers, Friday morning saying, hey, way to go. And he asked me how I came about the decision. And, you know, I told him, you know, how I came about it with a team effort. He says, well, looks like we're going to be having us a, um, a team uh, get together here on Zoom and uh, doing about the same thing. So, you know, it's all about leadership. You lead from the front, not the rear. And uh, sometimes, you know, you have to take the lead. And I've made sure that when I've made a decision that all the concordant bodies are aware of it, including our youth groups, because I don't want any of the youth getting sick either. They are all part of our Grand Masonic family. Yeah, DMLA just uh, put a DMLA Canada just put out yep. their notice a couple of days ago, uh, effectively ceasing all activities for DMLA in Canada. Um, and, you know, it, it's, if everybody heeded the warning and everybody just stayed home for the next 21 days, it would all blow past. But, you know, there's so many people out there that are, are not listening to the warnings. And, uh, you know, it, it's very sad that that happens. But uh, well, And the hard part is, as Grandmaster alluded to, is, yes, we don't want the kids to get sick or the young people, but really anybody under 40, 50 years old with or, or anybody with no underlying health conditions may be a carrier and not know and transmit it to those folks that don't that do have some issue that don't have don't realize they have issues and in our unfortunately good or bad are in our masonic families a significant majority are in that 60 70 year old yeah. and above and uh, as much as we like to think we're in pretty good condition there's a lot of guys and gals that aren't in good health condition or exactly they're troopers they still come to the meetings they still come hang out but boy, if, if one of us that felt pretty good, maybe got a little bit of scratchy throat and didn't know it 
and we're transmitting it to our whole lodge room. That was, that was my concern when at first, I gosh, we're having these meetings and, and you know, who knows, I, I kind of still firmly believe that a lot of us have had it. All I saw Matt sneeze, I was going to make a joke, but uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of us have probably had it and we don't even know it because we're yep. in relatively good health. So I read a report somewhere that said six out of seven people have already had it, supposedly. Well, true. and apparently the guy in Toronto that died today or yesterday um, was in mid-40s, good mm -hmm. health, active, and uh, uh, he went and they said, ah, nope, just common cold, gave him some cold medicine, and then five days later he was full-blown in the hospital. I just was reading today that the – high blood pressure and heart conditions are of course two big issues they keep talking about and this report talked about the antiviral medication that they're giving people actually is counterproductive to high blood pressure and heart issues and so they're and it was a study about italy they were saying that they're slowly they've only gone through about 20 percent 18 20 percent of the deceased cases looking to see if the virus was actually the real cause or if they ended up dying from something else. Sure. It was just a added issue. And it seems like the trend has been, I think they said like 90 or 95% actually died from an underlying health condition that was just ex exasperated by the virus, not because of the virus itself. Yep. But it's still all related. Yep. Have, uh, uh, Charles, have any other, have all the other uh, jurisdictions followed suit in the States? I understand. Uh, I know um, Oregon has, and I, if I recall, I read something from the um, Grandmaster of Idaho, also. But there's a lot of a um, couple of uh, organizations back east um, have actually uh, canceled their Grand Lodges because it's fallen within the timeframes that they're talking about. So we're we are right now. We are kicking around, and we've had. Uh, conference uh, on that conference calls about how we're going to be handling Grand Lodge if in fact this uh, goes into June. We're all yeah, making we're, plans and, and, and talking and you guys will be following right behind us. Yeah. And I know yeah. uh, I know Oregon's talking about it because they're right before us. And uh, you know there are ways I think we can handle Grand Lodge or you just flat postpone it but you know those decisions will be made by the grandmasters in their areas and uh, what their code allows them to do. But, you know, the code is only a guide. It's not a rule. It's just well, a guide. That actually brings up an interesting question to, Go so, ahead. <laughs> to, to play devil's advocate for a minute. Is there, is there a portion of the code that permits the grandmaster to, to cancel lodge meetings or to, to move things around or? You talking about grand lodge or your, your lodge? Either way. <laughs> there is one in the code. That allows, uh, okay, the, the code does not allow me to supersede or override your bylaws. Those are your bylaws. Those are your guides. I have no power to, you know, to supersede those things. But that being said, you, the lodges themselves, there is in the code that allows you to cancel a stated meeting if it is hazardous because of weather. And I've already suggested to a couple of brothers who have, um, complained i said if you don't like what the code says how do you fix the code <laughs> matt question uh, for you how do you fix the code? <laughs> well will you submit a resolution there you go i, hear, says, I hear we have a few coming up in grand lodge <laughs> so i said if you don't like that okay revise the code to put in something along the fact you can cancel your lodge meeting when there is a hazardous health condition 
or whatever. State of emergency, maybe. Yeah, emergency, whatever. But something yeah. in there that would allow, if we had it right now, you guys wouldn't have to worry about it because you could just say, hey, you know, we got this health situation up here. The state's under not rule yet. It's putting out guidelines. That's why when I saw it was happening up in King County and Snohomish County, I said, you know what? This is getting bad. Yeah. If I, and if and I, we all looked at it. And there's no way you could even begin to comply with some of their stuff. You had to go in and wipe everything down and make it all sterile before the meeting and then clean it all up after the meeting. I mean, yeah, sometimes the lodges don't even clean up when they leave. <laughs> <laughs> you would think right? that since the master is charged with uh, yeah. uh, complying with the local magistrates that yeah. a, a state of emergency, whether it's city or county or federal, state, right. federal, would, would fall under that. Well, we all take an obligation when we, when we become the master of the lodge, and I did when I become grandmaster. Yeah. To yeah, live by sure. those things that are mandated by the legal authorities over us. You mentioned talking to the other jurisdictions, the grandmasters, just – a show or two ago, we had a most worshipful Jim Mendoza on to talk about mm -hmm. the conference of grandmasters because he's the ambassador yep. and for our up, our upcoming to right. the state. And uh, we hope that everybody will stay on next week. They'll have, we'll have, we're going to have a real show with the grandmaster about his year and uh, uh, magically he'll be wearing the same shirt. So will we, uh, <laughs> but it'll, it'll, uh, it'll probably air next week or in a couple of weeks, but uh, he was talking about conference of grandmasters and that there's this Western conference of grandmasters that's mm -hmm. made up of California, Oregon, Washington and such. Hawaii yep. and so does the Western Conference of Grandmasters do you all communicate more regularly about stuff like this or is it only really at that event usually it's just at that event but like I said you know I've been talking to the guy you know the individual down in Oregon because I have a good look you know working relationship with him we go way back um, I'm sure that when you if a Grandmaster called another jurisdiction next door and said hey what are you guys doing yeah it would be shared but no, nothing at this time. No, nothing formal anyway. Okay. Excuse me, Matt. Yeah. No, I'm not getting sick. I was there. We got to test him. One thing about it, it doesn't go through the internet, does it? Here's <laughs> open. So I, I imagine you haven't had any blowback from that decision. No, actually, I've had a lot of good uh, emails and stuff saying, "Way to go, Grandmaster! That's leading from the front." You know. And all the concordant bodies have been notified so that they can take appropriate actions. And I hope that they're following the same kind of lies we are. As far as, as far as we know, we, we had our little <coughs> update earlier in the week. And uh, as far as we know, almost all the concordant groups have now done something similar. Yeah. Yep. Well, I hope let's so. hope they all, let's hope they all stay home and uh, get through this as quick as we possibly can. That's the only way we're going to do it as a family, if yeah. we all work together yeah. and yeah. be an example for the public to follow. Yeah. And they see you know, us staying home. You know, and worse off, you know, tonight I got a text from uh, our wishful brother, Secretary John Ingram. Apparently uh, his house burnt to the ground on, oh. uh, on last Sunday and they've lost everything. Uh, all his uh, Masonic memorabilia all his his fez his apron it's all melted it's yeah it's wow. uh, a sad state for his <clears> brother and we can't even get together to uh to uh you know console him and help him and and whatnot you know right um so it uh it's a little uh uh frustrating to not being able to go and give that support that we would normally all rush over to help right um 
you know. As an example of people not reading completely what we send out, and this happened. A brother calls me and he said, well, you know, we have this charity event we put on, and he told me what about it. And he said, we uh, really don't want to cancel it. And I said, well, you need to. He said, why? I says, can you guarantee that everybody that's going to come to that charity event, not only Masons, but outside outside of the great fraternity, are, are free of it? Are you willing to take that chance? And then if somebody got sick, your organization got sued, what kind of publicity is that going to cause for the fraternity? You can't undo that. Yeah. Wow. He said, right. I never thought of it that way. I said, but no, we have to start thinking out of the box on how to protect our organization and our brothers, brothers first and our sisters and daughters and sons. Well, and they're talking about other ways to do things too. I mean, this, this yeah. is a, we've been using zoom for, for yeah. a long time now. And, and now it's magically become this amazing tool to communicate yeah. and connect people. And, and it really is, it really is a fantastic and a little bit of a shout out to zoom uh, for providing this service to mm -hmm. us. And, and uh, it, they don't comp us for it. We love, we love to have that zoom, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, but it's, it's a great platform and what an amazing yeah. opportunity for folks to get together and communicate and see face to face. And it's not, you're not physically with them. You're right, Steve, but, but you still can have that communication ability and it's, it's so much better to be able to see somebody than just to hear them. A phone call is better than nothing, but to be able to virtually see somebody and talk with them and see their expression because you know, most of our communication is through visual and uh, that visual cues. And so uh, we, I'd, I'd highly recommend, I'm sure you would grandmaster that any lodge, any brothers, any yeah. districts that, you know, get signed up on zoom or free conference or, you know, web meeting or whatever, any kind of visual, yeah. even Facebook video, get together and communicate. That's what we did with Dean Malay was to use Facebook video and it uh, worked out great. So get together, communicate. What a great opportunity. We've, we, I know in our lodge, we've talked for years about a phone tree and we've just never done it. Well, we have nothing better to do now. Yeah, we're actually, our lodge is forming one right now. And who's going to call this guy? Uh, I don't know. You want to call him? So, yep. Perfect. Well, I've also Perfect. heard of education going on using, uh, you know, Zoom, Skype, go to meeting, whatever, you know, this is, this is kind of a good time to um, break out of the norm of a meeting. It's a good time I've for always, those. There are what, two lodges, at least that I'm aware of that where the, the lodge is a virtual lodge where they only meet online. So <laughs> they're, they're, uh, they've got a leg up there. Is it what Castle Island virtual lodge in Manitoba? And uh, I think it's Endeavor lodge in uh, down in Victoria, Australia. Uh, yep. no, there are going to be some good things that, that, that will come out of this. I think a lot of lodges will say, you know, instead of call, calling for an emergency meeting, for whatever reason they might want it, they can just all get on Zoom and um, discuss it and kick it around and make a decision. Maybe Washington should have the Matthew J. Apple Lodge of Awesome, and we'll have, a, we'll have to start that one on virtually. <laughs> we we well, could we, do that, you know. I heard that the Matthew J. Lodge of Awesome is, is going to be a great thing, you know. <laughs> a lot of education directly from the yeah. Matt Apple himself, you know. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it's one of those uh, uh, well-sought-after things, that education. So, you know, I, I might sign up for that lodge. Right? Well, education has a place, and it's, it's, it's needed. Because yes. I wrote an article one time where I said, if all you do is open a lodge, pay bills, <clears throat> go downstairs, drink cold coffee, and eat stale donuts. How many guys want to come and do that when they can stay home? Right. Yeah. And, 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 really, and really, we've talked around this idea before in other shows that 
What is a lodge for? The only yeah. reason a lodge has a charter is so they can make masons. We can, yep. You can do everything else a lodge does without a charter except make a mason. So you can yeah. have education. You can have stale donuts. You can have do all that. Yeah. You can have virtual training. You can have all that stuff. We can do 90% of what we do in a lodge meeting right here in this visual. We can't shake hands, right. of course, which is an important thing, and we can't make a mason. Mm -hmm. But everything else That's can good. be done right here. Especially and, and right, on an emergency basis. Yeah. And, and being that our schedules have just been cleared for the next six weeks, um, you know, we can do a lot of more podcast recording too. <laughs> we'll get an education whether they want it or not. That's right. Well, you ask a question about blowback. None really. Excellent. People have said, Excellent. Hey, great. You know, we got to watch out for each other and it's better to lead from the front than lead from the rear end. And I believe in uh, an ounce of, uh, precaution is worth, uh, about 10 pounds of cure. Yes. And, and uh, with that, we really want to thank you for making the time to come up onto our podcast and, and uh, share your words and wisdom and, and um, your story. And I look forward to the uh, next segment of uh, hearing about your year and, and uh, not, not including any of this uh, uh, virus stuff. So. <laughs> well, let me just say this. The decisions that have been made have been made by a team that works together. And uh, we all are looking out for the best that we can do to protect our members, concordant body members, and the fraternity as a whole. We don't want to lose anybody because we weren't prepared. Well, we weren't prepared anyway. But now that we know, we don't want to do anything that will cause us to lose somebody. It's not worth it. Here, here. And on that note, um, on behalf of David Colbeth and myself and Steve Chung, uh, thank you, Most Worshipful Sir, for coming on our podcast today. And uh, we'll be back soon with episode two uh, of our conversation with Most Worshipful Brother Charles Wood. Thank you, sir. Have a good day, everybody. <laughs>